Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Guess who's back, folks? Another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the defense with Vance Bedford, that man that they call Vance, that man who is in high demand. The man is in high demand. I mentioned this on the film study, which you guys will see is this is released on Wednesdays, but I was watching the Seattle Seahawks last night beat the brakes off the New York football giants. And they gave a lot of cameos to one of your guys, Vance. They gave a lot of cameos to Clint Hurt. They had the, the, the video up in the box, the camera up in the box watching him because his defensive front, 11 sacks, 11 sacks, Vance Beffert. And guess who he wanted to come help him orchestrate that sack you know, that sack happy team. He tried to have you come out of retirement, Vance. What happened? Oh, man, like, I'm too old, man. <laughs> you know, he, he has set up a deal for me to just be up there for four weeks and I can work from home and fly back and forth for the games. I just just couldn't do it, man. My body said, you just can't do it anymore. And uh, but Clint Hurd told me, say, Vance, when I get a job, I'm going to bring you with me. You know what? When he got a job, guess what he did? He offered me one. He, he was a man of his word. There's not many people out there like that. Well, he's truly a friend. And I think I hurt him a little bit by not taking a job. I just, just couldn't do it. I mean, the traveling and finding another place to live, just too hard on me. So my wife just said, you take a job, you're going by yourself. So you know, <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> so. Man, y'all conversations must be outstanding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's like after they run out of text, my wife said, say, uh, Vance, you burned out. Okay. <laughs> so I was burned out, so I went to retirement. I've been back. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, folks, these breakdowns that we do with Vance Bedford, they are they are next level. I know we get the diehards on defense, fans, because, you know, everybody loves offensive football. It takes a diehard. To, to watch defense. And I wonder, I thought about you as well. We're going to get to Michigan. Vance, they don't play any defense out your neck of the woods, man. I, I mean, I'm watching this Colorado-USC game, and it's putting a hurting on my eyes. The total disregard for defensive football out there. I, th- the whole conference needs you. The whole coast needs, uh, the whole needs you to come out of retirement, Vance. The, the D.C. at USC, didn't he come out of the Big Ten? He left the Big Ten to go to Oklahoma. I think he oh, might have right. been at Ohio State. Yeah. I and everybody talked about how great his defense was at Oklahoma. They weren't very good at Oklahoma. They're not very good right now. But you know what, Sam, think about this. If you got bad players, you're a bad coach. If you got good players, you got a chance to be a good coach if you can coach. If you got great players and just a good coach, you're just going to be really good. But if you got great players and a great coach, you win championships. So right now, when I look across this country, see, you have, they don't have defensive linemen that are first, second, third round picks. USC don't have defensive linemen of first, second, third round picks. So you can see, see, you don't play good defense. USC doesn't play good defense. And I'm not saying the DC is not any good. He don't have a personnel to get it done. And why doesn't USC have defensive linemen like the University of Michigan? I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. So the better his personnel, the better coach he's going to be. I learned that when I first got into coaching, Sam, I won one game. I cried after every loss. <laughs> you know what I realized? I'm only as good as the guys around me. So I became a better recruiter because of that. I got to get me some dogs in the house. Yeah, man. Um, and it hurts my heart to say that because one of my guys is on, on that staff at USC, Roy Manning. Pretty boy Roy is I, out I, there. I, I haven't met game. Roy, but I know Roy. And you're right. You're right. And I, I wouldn't want to be a DB on that defense. I don't pass for us unless they blitz. You can keep that. When they have to play Washington and Washington State and Oregon State, they're going to find out they can't score 40 points against those guys. Not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grinch. Uh, Grinch is his guy, though. Grinch had him at, uh, at Washington State. And, you know, they went down to Oklahoma, and so he followed him at USC. And Grinch was at Ohio State for a minute. But, boy, uh, I don't – that's – he. he's not – that's not him, uh, you know, inherently. You know, he was a visitor to the Midwest. It just feels like, man, that they don't they don't marry their offense and defense out there like you do in the Big Ten. And so that's what when I look at Michigan, they play complimentary football here in Ann Arbor. The offense and the defense fits together. Like I, I just I wonder if you play that way, if you play that wide open style, can you have a good defense, Vance? I, I'm I question it's that. Tough. It, it's it's tough. And I've been in that situation several times and at the end of the day we weren't very good defensively i'll be honest with you because and i was with one guy one time he said he wants to get 100 plays okay he didn't talk about winning he said i want to get 100 plays 100 plays let's talk about how do you win because what happens is you can be the offense and go out there three plays in 58 seconds so you three plays not in 58 seconds i mean your defense you can't make corrections adjustments your defense stay tired. You wonder why you're giving up 35, 40 points a game. And so we go out there and stop them. Well, when you play an explosive offense, with, think about it. I was a Texas. We played against Mahomes. We played against uh, Baker. We played against uh, your quarterback that's at Detroit. Those are first round picks we played against. Those right now, the Big 12 don't have them kind of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really don't. So those are the kind of guys we were playing against. And, See, so you had a first-round wide receiver. Oklahoma had two first-round wide receivers. Baylor had a first-round wide receiver. So they could score. You blink your eyes, they in the end zone. I mean, so you got to be careful. And uh, I, I'm not big with the up-tempo offense because your defense is going to be very suspect. And everybody look at you cross-side. Well, you can't play good defense. That's the reason why. It goes hand-in-hand. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Alabama's had great successes over the past 20 years? When push comes to shove, what's Bama going to do? They're going to run that ball. Mm-hmm. Push come to shove at Georgia, what they're going to do? Yeah. They're going to run that ball. Man, man. See, you didn't even watch the live with Al. And so you don't even know he just said the exact same thing that you just said. <laughs> he said the exact thing you just said, almost verbatim. But it's exciting. You know, that wide open basketball on grass, throw it around the yard. is super exciting. Which brings me to one of your guys, or at least he used to be your guy. I don't know if he's your guy or not anymore. But old Urban Meyer. So old Ooh. Herb, old Herb, now he, he ran the spread, but he ran a power spread. Like he he was physical with it. So at least he adapted it, right? He adapted the thing. He was going to be physical. He was going to play to his defense. He was going to play complimentary football. Yes. But but something happened. Something happened to him, Vance, because I don't know. I, I think they said man was on heart medication. I don't know if the heart medication gets you high now or what. 
but he was on the pregame talking about how Nebraska was going to give it to Michigan. Nebraska was the number one that rushed defense, and Michigan plays a terrible schedule, and they're not going to be ready for this game, and it's going to be close, and Michigan is on upset alert. Now, Van, I remember you saying last week, Vance, this game wasn't going to be close. So I need you to decipher for me what has happened to Urban Meyer and his his football analysis. He's just trying to get people excited about nothing. I'm just being honest with you. First of all, I said last week, Nebraska don't have a quarterback. They got walk-on wide receivers. Their defense were out. I watched the CU game. Their defense played great. See, Urban don't like when you line up in a 33 stack level. Scares them to death because they can blitz you there. So that's his thought process because they're in that look. But when you get up and Michigan running 11 and 12 personnel, they're going to run the football and double guys. They're going to knock you off the ball. And their defense is going to wear out. Why? Because their offense is terrible. So when your offense burns out, guess what happens? Eventually, come third or fourth quarter, it is flat shut down. So I didn't think it was going to even be close. And it wasn't close. It was a good old fashioned Beverly Hill Bill is on taking the back in the shed and I'm going to put something on your butt. And that's what it was. So I don't know what Urban was drinking. I mean, first of all, he didn't take them sunshades off because he can't see. I mean, I don't know if he has bad eyes or what if he's trying to be like Dion and he's selling some uh, Ray-Ban eyeglasses. But that game wasn't going to be close. And I think he knew that. He was trying to build something up to get people in Michigan mad. I just sat back. I didn't see it. So when you told me that, I just started laughing. He's just trying to build up Nebraska. Nebraska stinks. It's just that, that simple. You got no quarterback. They got walk-on for wide receivers. Give me a break. I'm going to have to call my man Woodson and tell Woodson to send me some wine or something. Because right now, that, that makes me want to have a glass. Or so, come I, on. Hey, man, you can see it on Twitter. I mean, he was uh, – he had some some bass in his voice when he said, Michigan on upset alert. I mean, he had people believing that. Well, like I say, he he was upset that, that Nebraska was going to give us uh, 35 points in the first half. That's what he was on upset alert about. Going to give him a good old-fashioned butt whipping. Uh, all right, so, Vance, you know, assess this game. For the people, give me what you liked about the defensive showing against Nebraska and give me what, if any, concerns you have coming out of watching that performance against <clears throat> The execution by the front seven and the secondary versus the run was absolutely outstanding. Now, last week we had some issues. That was cleaned up. Anytime you play a team that runs an option, option is difficult to defend because it's called assignment football. You must take care of your assignment. And they didn't do a good job. They did a great job. They really did. Now, my concern is in the is pass defense. We're getting such great pressure up front sometimes, you can't see some of the issues we have in the back end. But when the team has time, we've had some minor problems. We said, well, Moore was injured. He missed a couple of games. He's a little rusty. Uh, Johnson's been injured. And these little rusty, well, guess what? They still look rusty to me. I mean, I still have some concerns about that. And this week, Jesse uh, Miller went to the game and did a lot of drop eight. In other words, you, you rushed three, and you was dropping both defensive ends. And we had some issues with those guys and their drops. And we going in the, in the uh, video, we showed that. I mean, a couple of slants, we were beat inside because the ends, their drops weren't very good. They had no idea. The split of receivers were the drops. Those things have to be cleaned up. But overall, it was a great defensive showing by the defense. And the score, I think, is indicative of that. But we got some things for Penn State, we got to get cleaned up. For Ohio State, we got to get cleaned up. For Maryland, if we play them, we got to get cleaned up. In Minnesota, we're going we to beat the brakes off of Minnesota. You, you go up to Michigan State, 
that whole place is in disarray. I mean, it's like you got a house, but you got termites been to the house. The whole thing falling down. You blow it, it's going to fall right now. So Indiana, I mean, I might as well get out there and play quarterback. But Penn State now, come on. Come on, Penn State for real. Yeah, yeah, man. It's going to be interesting to see these these next four games or so, how much the, the starters, I'm talking about defensive starters. Like you saw the offensive starters out in the third quarter. I saw some defensive starters on the field late in the game. Uh, and probably to the point that you were making, some of those guys need some reps. Some of those guys have had that rust. That means maybe you play them a little longer. And I wonder if that's something that we see uh, in the coming weeks. Speaking of reps, so you talked a lot about the edge play against Rutgers. Uh, in particular, number five, Josiah Stewart uh, had some contain. It was, and it was early. They cleaned it up. After the first quarter, right? Uh, but you picked out some very clear talking points about responsibility football that clicked to your point that you just made. They were on point as far as that was concerned. In this game, the edge play, just talking about from, from run and pass rush, Vance. Man, you got the defensive player of the week in Josiah Stewart with five tackles and two sacks. You had uh, Derek Moore with little boy and his man all game long, pushing him around. Right. Uh, Braden McGregor had a tip pass led to an interception. He he bullied a guy, a tight end on fourth down to blow up that play uh, to get him turned over on downs. Then he had a sack. And number 32 should have had a bunch of sacks, but the ref wouldn't give him no call. This was as edge play goes. This was the best game of the season. I know there's some things we're going to talk about. They need to clean up. This is the best game of the season collectively for those edge guys. It is. I mean, they, they did a lot of good things. You know, go back a week ago, we had some, some issues with a man five on the edge. Didn't have that this week. I mean, and overall, again, the front seven, they just flat, just put an old-fashioned foot whipping on these guys. They control the line of scrimmage from the opening snap to the end. And But I expect that. I'm not surprised about that, Sam. I, I know my man Mike Elston coaching, I know he's going to get that stuff cleaned up. I had no doubt in my mind. And they will continue to get better and better each week. But I said from the start of the season is this. I said as depth, they have more depth as a group, more talent than last year up front. I've seen that. And so I think long-term-wise, it's going to benefit us because they can roll guys in there and really don't miss a beat. My, big, my, my man I loved last year, 55 grand, he not out there. This week, we didn't, look, we didn't miss a beat. I didn't – I thought he was out there the way it looked because they just knocking the offensive line backwards. Did a tremendous job. So, again, this opportunity to build depth is getting ready for Penn State and for Ohio State because Ohio State trying to be more physical. I don't know if Ryan Day going to stick with it because I still think the man is soft. That's just me. But, you know, when push comes to self, he won't win pretty. Right now, he's like he's trying to win tough, but, no, nah, I'm not buying it. I mean, it's like a salesman come to my door. Open the door, I just slam the door in his face. Man, that's not who you are. Ryan Day, that's not who you are. Listen to me. You're going to throw the football. We're going to sack your quarterback 10 times like we did the last two years. But that, that's, I'm getting off the subject. My, my bad. I couldn't help myself. I just don't like Ohio State. I just hey, I don't man. apologize. For hey, hey, you you in, in, in present company is very much in agreement with your sentiment about Ohio State. Make no mistake. So now let's talk about the other piece because, hey, folks, if you have questions for Vance, we'll get to them towards the end of the show. 
So go ahead and start lining them up now. Questions for Vance Bedford. We will get to them. But there was a comment as I was talking about Edge Guys, which hit on something that you hit on in the film study. And it is something that, without question, they're pro- they're working on. I have little doubt. They're working on Edge Droppers, Vance. Edge Droppers. It was noteworthy early in the uh, game. Tobias Lewis said Moore and Stewart are getting eaten alive on slants. He's talking about number five and number eight, the uh, edge guys. Uh, Brian Block came through and said those defensive ends uh, dropping and <laughs> covering grass. <laughs> to steal one of your analogies, man. So what about what about edge droppers? What did you see when, when watching them try to execute that responsibility in the game? It's not easy for a defensive end to be a dropper. It takes a lot of work because you need to have certain awareness of what's going on around you. For example, I'm going to look out. If I have to drop, what are the splits of receivers? Okay, what do I have to do? Like one time it was a drop eight. They were playing cover six. So my man number five, he was a flat defender. But he ended up dropping straight back, and it did through a five-yard out for it ended up being an eight- or nine-yard game. If he just goes to the flat, he might have an interception. Another time, or two other times, they were man-to-man. So his drop is defend inside the slant. He gained too much width. One time, number eight, the other time, they threw slants right behind us for big plays. So, again, understanding where your drops are, where your help is, the split of receivers, that's all part of it. We talked in the, in the study, Aiden Hutchinson understood where his drop was. Last year, number 17 versus Ohio State, got a big tip in a crucial situation. He understood where he had to drop, what he had to take away. What I'm seeing right now is inexperience as far as where I have to drop and why. The big thing is not what, but it's the why. What do you have to take away? And until they understand that, we're going to continue to have issues with that. Yeah, uh, you remember – and see, this is this is a skill that guys pick up in time. Braden McGregor has has repped that a lot. So he was ready for Ohio State. Jalen Harrell made big plays in coverage against Ohio State, right? I remember us talking – remember Big Mike a couple years ago up in Nebraska? They tried to crack him, mm-hmm. and he was you saw him peeking out peeking out at the, at the receivers, kind of noticed the split, said that dude was going to try to crack me, and he blew him up, right? Yeah. I mean, that, I feel like this is this is something guys get with reps. And so when you talk about number five, he's a transfer in. This is, this is probably something new that they're asking him to do. And number eight, this is his second year. He played some last year, but they, he wasn't getting this much run. So – I think it's one of those deals where these next four games are going to be vitally important for, for those guys in, the, in these categories or in this specific category to bring them kind of up to the level in that, in that we see Braden McGregor and Jalen Harrell at 17 to 32 uh, when it comes to that skill. Yeah, it, it's some truth to that, but my thing is this, is that they probably spent a lot of time in the spring and two-a-day camp doing these type of things. So – the inexperience, I see that, but they, but again, as a coach, I can't buy that. It's time to move on. It's time to grow up. And I'm going to keep saying Penn State and Ohio State, those slants might be touchdowns. Right now, they're 15-yard plays or 40-yard plays. Against those guys, it might be six. And all of a sudden, now instead of playing the lead, our offense is playing behind, which they really had, had the chance to do this year. So we got to be careful. It's time to grow up. Right now, we are better than the people we're playing, and it shows. Look at the final score. But we got to step up right now and start intercepting those balls and knock them down. And I can't let the guys off the hook. 
I really can't because right now we passed. Well, we game five. Let's move on. We've been running Sam and Lightning. So guess what? Now we're doing it out of man to man. What's the problem? I'm sorry, I can't do that. So we cleaned up the run from last week. All of a sudden, now we've got a problem here. It can't be a problem every single week, something else we got to work on. Let's get it all fixed right now. So this coming week, Sam, I need to see us defend the run fits properly, and our drops got to be better. No more excuses because right now it's going to catch up to us. We should beat the brakes off of Minnesota. I'm just saying. I mean, like I said last week, it's a, it's a light in the tunnel. You need to get out the way right now because it's going to roll right through you. But we can't roll right through you if we keep making the same mistakes in the past game. And my concern, I keep saying in our video study, I'm concerned about our past defense. Now, people say, well, we're blowing people out. Yes, we are. But if that was Ohio State or Penn State, it might be totally different. Because I always talk about I'm looking down the road. I did that last year. did it a year before. We were praying to beat this team right here because we're going to beat these folks. Only thing that can happen to us is we have a lot of injuries, okay? And you can't account for that. And knock on wood, it never happens, especially to our quarterback. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, folks. It is time to start getting to some of the questions for Vance Bedford. If you have questions. For Coach Vance, and by the way, people ask me about the shirts. I already talked to my mother-in-law. She's taking out, uh, you know, she's putting together some designs. Like, what do we want them to look like? So I'm telling y'all, I mean, I'm going to have a couple samples. I have a couple samples here in the next few weeks. Maybe I'll bust them out for the Ohio, for the Michigan State game. So I hope to have them uh, by then at the latest, where I can come in the stream and show y'all some shirts that, if y'all interested, yeah, we can we can make some. You know, we could get Tiki some food with these shirts, yeah. right? Now get on that train. Let's keep rolling, baby. <laughs> All right, let's get to some of the some of the questions for Vance. All right, um, this one from Mister Jones. It's going to be tough sledding for anyone trying to run on us, but I've seen a lot of concerning things in the secondary. How do you feel about that part of the defense, and how would you grade each group, Vance? And so you said how you feel. How would you grade them? And how, where would you put your level of, level of concern? Do you feel like the things that you see going wrong are things that can be improved in season? It all can be improved. Like I said, it's guys who are coming back from injuries, that's going to improve. But the D-line right now is an eight. I mean, it's not even close. That's so easy to do. The, the linebackers this year, last year I would have said they would have been a C or B-minus. Right now they're A-minus. 
secondary last year was A for me. Right now, they're B. I mean, so that's good enough to beat nine, ten teams. It's not good enough to beat Ohio State or Penn State. So we need to make some improvements there. And I think that that's going to continue to come because now you're getting the guys starting to play together. And for a great secondary, they need to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. And right now, Moore is starting to get more playing time. He's getting healthier. Uh, Johnson, the same thing. So guys kind of understand how they play and what you have to do to, to protect a guy. So each week, I see that getting better. But right now, if we had to play a big-time opponent, right now I, I have some concerns about some of those guys in the secondary. Okay, let's go back to the questions. Account 22 says, I think they're playing off the ball too much. Just need to play tighter coverage. Do you sense them playing more off coverage this year, Vance? And do you do you think playing tighter would be better for them? We playing the same amount of off coverage as we did last year. It just it looks that way because we've had a few plays hit on us, and I guess I've been harping on us so people still don't look at it from that standpoint. We, we're an off team primarily. We really are. And we do some man, like Johnson likes to play more press because he's a big guy can get your hands on you, but he missed the first two or three ball games, just played a little snaps, 10 or 12 snaps a game, you know, four and five. So now that as he continues to play more, he's probably going to press more when the opportunity presents itself. But we're a zone team. We play off quite a bit. So I don't think anything has changed much from last year as far as playing off or walking up and pressing. So, Vance, one of the things that Urban was trying to – one of the points he was trying to make is, you know, you don't play good opponents. It it makes it so uh, maybe your senses are dulled. You, it doesn't bring out the best in you, that you need to play the best to get to playing your best football, which brings us to this question from Money is Silver. Is playing all these bad QBs going to bring down a level of play of our DBs, make them lazy? What do you no. think? No, I, I don't buy into that because when I was coaching, we played bad teams. You know what the guys talk about? I'm going to give me an interception this ball game. They'd be – practice was live at five, baby. They were going at it. This, this is a chance right now to build my stats. So they don't get lazy. They think this is an opportunity to make some plays. But right now, we haven't been in position to make some of those plays. That's my biggest concern right now. And – from Bowling Green to Rutgers to this week, when team they go match protect, they buy time for the routes to be deeper. We've had some issues. That's my biggest concern. And a lot of times that goes on the safeties to make sure the deepest the deepest I can make plays going downhill. And right now the angles have been poor in certain situations. We've missed some tackles because of the angles have been bad. Know some things that can get cleaned up. You know, right now they think, well, I know I can make a play from right here. Well, you're not doing that. You're missing those plays. You know, you go back a couple of weeks, the little Mike slipped and the safety missed it, he went for a touchdown. Okay, that's not supposed to happen. This week we had a play go for 46 yards. You know, the nickelback again gets beat, the safety missed the tackle, it goes for 46 yards. Against Ohio State, that's not 46 yards, that's a touchdown. So those are some things that must be cleaned up. So right now, secondary play, we got some things to clean up. We really do. All right, Vance, let's go to the questions. This one's from Neil Wiggins. He said, what was the issue in a long touchdown run against our second and third stringers? Here's the thing. You watch that play. There were some starters on the field. There were some starters on the field in the secondary. Kind of gets to the point. I think 
and it was what four minutes left in the game, and they're forty-five to nothing. I, I think they wanted to keep getting some reps for some of those guys. But yeah, Nebraska did get loose on that play. I don't know if you if you broke that one down. I mean, man. I didn't really break that down. But when you get towards the end of the game, you're blowing people out. The players start kind of floating through it, especially starters who are like I shouldn't be out here anyhow. So I, I can't really say what happened on that play because I didn't break that particular play down. But a lot of times when you're up that big and those guys in the game, they think, I need to be out. I don't want to get hurt. I'm not going to do anything crazy, that type of thing. So I didn't break that play down, so I can't really make a comment about that particular play. Okay. So uh, getting back to something you talked about earlier when it came to uh, whether it was defensive end drops or edge drops or some of the things that you're seeing in the secondary. So Sly142 wants to know, Okay, Vance, these things that you highlighted, how would you fix them in season? What are the best ways to fix the things that you're talking about in season? I believe those things have already been worked on. They just not been executed during the game. For example, you know, we run a lot of we call a SAM. When you're angling and bringing a SAM and the boundary end drops. So they've been doing that since last year and the year before when McDonald was there. So that's been in the play. So They've been doing that already. It's just the execution, the awareness of the guys doing it to make play. Like McGregor, 17, he does a better number five right now. But he's an older player, as you said. So we're going to get better at it. Coverage-wise, you have a lot of guys been out. So Johnson, for example, this, this fundamental technique is going to get better. You can see the rust. He's guessing out there. The safety who's taking bad angles to the, to the ball. That's going to get cleaned up in practice with reps, with individual work. Then you go to seven on seven a team. So all those things are being worked on. They have been worked on, and they're going to continue to get better. So again, it's you just keep on doing the things you've been doing, and you stay. You you bring kids in. You watch the video, saying, "Look at this angle. Look at your footwork right here. This is the angle you take up. I got it. I'm going to watch the video and get myself ready to get that cleaned up." So I'm not really concerned about it. I just want to get it cleaned up. That's why I'm harping on it right now. Gotcha. All right, let's keep it going. All right, here's one from Haji1954. I think this is Dennis. What's up, Dennis? Said, uh, Vance, what are your thoughts about the progress of our defense uh, is likely to make practicing against our offense and vice versa? You know, practicing against Michigan offense, how much better do you think that makes them? What are some of the ramifications for getting ready for Penn State and Ohio State by practicing against J.J. McCarthy and the crew? You doing in, in season, most coaches don't do that. Because it can get too competitive. You don't want to get out there and somebody gets hurt or somebody falls on your quarterback's legs. So you try to stay away from that as much as you possibly can. Normally it's just second offense versus first D and vice versa and some scout team of 13 players in there. And so it's just you have to just execute. And the thing about it, when you're going against a scout team, a lot of times you can run through those guys. It's about coaching the fundamentals every single play. You don't let anything slide. You know, you should stay low right here. You should rip through here. You're taking this for granted because this guy's not as good as you are. So it's up to coaching right now to make sure that the details of the technique and the fundamentals that carry out every single snap. But you want to tell you, I want to tell you about what a great team is. A great team is when the players start getting up on each other. Great teams are led by the players. They don't let anything slide. They start coaching each other. I was in the NFL with the Bears. And Mike Brown, safety from Nebraska, was my safety. He was a rookie. Ted Washington had been in the NFL for about seven years, been in two or three Pro Bowls. 
And one time, Mike Brown started ripping on Ted. Ted turned around, who is that? Oh, that's Mike. I better get myself going. A rookie telling a veteran what to do. But they know he was a leader because he practices hard every single day. So, therefore, it's time for the players to take ownership. You take ownership. Now you take leadership. And now you have influence to say, hey, we're going to coach each other. We want to be great. The players have to do that. So I think that's getting done right now. Really good. So here's when we know that Rod Moore is trying to work his way back uh, to last year's form. Number three, Keon Sab has been uh, playing a lot, getting a lot of snaps, uh, you know, in his place. And he's going to play something in a rotation. But what's your assessment of number three, Keon Sab? And do you think Rod Moore gets back into the starting rotation by the end of the year? I think Rod Moore's going to end up being your starting safety, but it's a, it's a reason why he preseason all conference, those type of things. I mean, so I think eventually once he gets back in a groove and really be totally healthy, he's going to be your guy. But right now, Sab, to be honest, he's done a good job. In a lot of places, he'll be a starting safety for a lot of teams across this country right now. He just happens to be at a place where we have depth, and he's has an all-conference player he has to learn from. The guy's injured. So he's getting an opportunity to show his wares and tears. So he knows his future is bright at that position because Moore is going to be gone. It's going to be his, his place to have right now. Yeah, I think I think Rod – didn't Rod start against Rutgers? I think he started he against Rutgers. He yeah, Kyle 22 said he got 17 snaps against uh, Nebraska. So, um, you know, working him back, working his way back to form. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right, let's move on. Here's a, a, a strategy question for you, Vance, going back to your days as a coordinator. Do you think the defensive staff, this is from slide 142, do you think the defensive staff is holding off on some of the schemes for Penn State and Ohio State because, uh, you know, they can beat these teams like Rutgers and Nebraska without showing all the cars? Do you think they're doing that? Did you ever do that? No, no. Just think about this week. They haven't shown a lot of uh, drop eight. In this ball game. I think we had – five to seven snaps of drop eight. So, again, I think those are some things they're getting ready for Nebraska. And they're showing pressure, and all of a sudden they're playing man-to-man, and you're still dropping eight. You know, so they're hoping that the defensive ends are getting used to dropping. So when you look at Ohio State and Penn State and Maryland, look at those plays, like, wait a minute. They're showing pressure, they drop eight. They could play zone. They could play man. They can bring any linebacker to make it a three-man rush or four-man rush. So you're seeing all different type of schemes right now. Are they holding anything back? I haven't seen that. And I wasn't one to hold things back. You might have one or two defenses that work well against certain teams. It might just show up in those particular games on video, but not show up against this team because their offensive scheme, it doesn't work well against that. I don't see him holding anything back right now. He's turning everything loose right now. This week we saw different defenses that we hadn't seen in the first few ball games. Yeah, so they – Bringing out a few new wrinkles every week, just like the offense is. Uh, let's get back to the questions. Brian Block, his question. Is the simulated pressure of dropping edges in the coverage a way to confuse and defend against the RPO? Why take the best rushers off the line? Linebackers aren't getting pressure. They're only rushing three, so they weren't bringing the linebackers. What do you, what do you uh, think about if you get If you get an RPO, the defensive man is not dropping. He's going to have a run read, so he's still on the line of scrimmage. So the RPOs, whether you're in zone, whether you're in man, it doesn't affect the front. Even if you got a defensive man dropping, he's getting a heavy run read at him. He stays on the line. It doesn't affect that whatsoever. It's only in drop back pass 
where those guys will actually drop. Even when you bring in uh, the Sam stunt or the lightning stunt, if it's a run, you don't see the defensive ends dropping. They got to stay on the line of scrimmage and defeat a run block first. So from that standpoint, it didn't affect them at all. But bring a linebacker and drop the defensive ends, what a quarterback is saying is that he sees blitz. Because normally inside linebackers should be in coverage with a zone, a man to man. When they see a linebacker coming, a quarterback's thought process, they bring in five or six guys. I need to get rid of this football. And as the game goes on, they get a feel for it and understand they're not doing that. So in the first half, a lot of times you get pressure off of that. So we saw a lot of drop eight. We saw max protecting this game. We saw empty in this game. So in empty in this game, you bring a linebacker. If I'm a quarterback, I think I'm getting five-man pressure. The ball has to come out. So in that situation, if the defensive ends would have just dropped straight back, it would have worked perfectly. They got too much width. Had some openings in there. So what he's doing, I like what he's doing. We just have to execute it better. Yeah, man. And I, you know, when it comes to the the edge guy, I, I think it's important for us to not, you know, feel like game five is the end of the season. Uh, because I gave that's why I gave examples of man, remember Big Mike in, in the, the uh in the Nebraska game a couple years ago? Remember uh, Braden McGregor last year against Ohio State. Remember Jalen Harrell? These are all guys who had growing pains uh, in, in different ways. And I think we're seeing the growing pains for the two guys in particular. I, look, they had other droppers, other droppers in the game, but we singling out number five and number eight. Why is that? I, because they're the they're the more inexperienced guys. So yeah. I think, you know, they get a lot of playing time. Yeah. So they get a lot of playing time. And they, like I said, the growing planes, and they have to understand what the defense is. Sometimes a kid gets out there, now he knows it's his little space. When all of a sudden you start having to drop, it changes. If I'm a defensive end in Russian, if I'm a five technique, guess what? I just got to beat that tackle. It's not a whole lot else to do. Or if I got a stunt on, how that, if I'm first or he goes second. Now when you're starting to drop, I got to know where the linebacker's dropping inside. What the cornerback is doing, it's a whole different area for that that guy to learn. So it's not the easiest thing to do. But going back to it, as you said, they've been doing that for the past three years. Aiden Hutchinson did that. Ajabo had to drop. You know, Big Mike had to drop. They all did that. So we are not doing anything differently than what we did the previous two years. It's just we're having some growing pains right now with the guys that are in there. All right, account 22 said, hear anything on Mason playing this week? Here's what I can tell you is that the what I initially heard was two weeks. Jim Harbaugh actually said two weeks. The The way that it was explained to me was, you know, if basically you get whatever work he had to have done, you get it worked on, and then you can you can wrap, get it wrapped up. You get like a something put around it, but the wound has to heal in order for that to happen. So assuming the wound is healed enough, he, uh, I'm sure they'll wrap it up and he'll be out there playing. I'm, I'm curious. So given the schedule, Vance, and I just want this, if it were you, because I'm thinking, man, I know Mason wants to play. Like if, if Mason can, you know, if he can swing, if he, if you, if he could go out there and play and the doctor says it's okay for him to go out there and play, he's going to want to play. But man, I mean, you can hold him out another week and, come back home and still have three more games where three more warm-up games for Penn State I could see myself if I were coaching 
wanting to maybe give him one more week as opposed to coming in right on the on the you know the top edge. Like this is like the earliest he could be ready is two weeks. It all depends on his injury. I mean, I know right now I would imagine he's in practice. I, I have no idea because I don't know what the injury is, but if he's in practice, if I can hold him another week and that'll help heal to a certain degree, if I can get away with it. Right now you can because I'm watching other guys play. This week we didn't miss a beat. Last week I think we had some little issues inside, but this week we didn't miss a beat. So I can hold him just one more week, then the next week he'll play. Yeah, he has to get out there and get ready. It's pretty well out there that he, you know, basically he would need a club. So you had a defensive lineman play with a with a club. Like how how much how hindered was your guy or your guys when they had to play with a club? It could be a problem, especially getting off of blocks. And because if he can't grab and disengage, that's tough. And, and so, but I'm going to go back to, he was a wrestler, so he understands the leverage. So he has a chance to be decent, but he, he's not going to be the same. And so to me, I mean, it's, he's a guy right now, if that's the case, I need to bring him off the bench. If he can give me 15 to 20 snaps a game, how the other guys are playing, we'll be okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, you got any opinions on this one, Vance, before we go? How much trouble is Ohio State in with Maryland? How much trouble will we be in when we play Maryland? You know, that's the sandwich game. It's Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. You know, Maryland is looking, looking pretty good. Yes, they are. They're, they're rolling now. And so OSU, they might have some issues. I hadn't seen Maryland enough to make any comments about them. They record says that they're doing a good job. One thing about that staff, they're going to be physical. They're going to be physical on offense. That means physical on offense, your defense is going to be physical. So it could be a good test for Ohio State. And uh, when we get around to seeing them, if they still rolling, it could be a tough game for us to have Penn State, Maryland, then Penn and then Ohio State. That's tough sledding. That's going to be three tough games back to back to back. Here's here's what stands out to me. You know, Roman Hemby, as much as we talk about Ty Leah Tungavailoa, the quarterback, veteran guy, can make all the throws, has taken much better care of the football the last couple of years. I don't think he has the receivers that he had last year, but still has some good ones. And I think just running the football, running the football is a – just saw what my man from Notre Dame did to him, hmm. right? Like, I think Maryland is going to be able to run the football on Ohio State. And they were they were giving Ohio State some problems last year, but for some late turnovers that made that game kind of, you know, the score wasn't indicative of how close that game was for a good portion. I think Maryland's going to give Ohio State some trouble. You know, Ohio, Ohio State's offense is not the same as last year either. Look what, look what the C.J. Stroud is doing for the Texans right now. It tells you how good he actually was. And now you got another quarterback. He's not the same. He didn't throw it as well. So they've had some issues. So their games are a lot closer than what they have been because they're not scoring 45 points a game. So if Maryland can run it and can control the clock, it could be a dog fight. Yeah, it could be. It shall be interesting. Mr. Vance Bedford, it is always a pleasure. My friend, listen, folks, I've been telling you for some time, we are lucky and we are fortunate to have Coach Bedford working with us. But it should not be more clear, never have been more clear than now. After hearing, listen, Clint Hurt, Clint Hurt is killing him with the Seahawks. I I didn't even talk to you after the the Seahawks game, Vance. I was so mad. I was so mad they beat my Lions, man. 
I just don't think Geno Smith is that good. Uh, he's he's a decent quarterback. They made him look like Tom Brady. Uh, you know Tom. I mean, <laughs> they made him look like Tom Brady. I don't think he's that good. But when you have a defense like that and you can run the football like that, they can run the football. So you got my man that went to Michigan State, that Mel Tucker still owes money. You got <laughs> Zach Charbonnet from, from Michigan transferred to UCLA. So they got two tough physical backs that can get yards after contact right, help take some of the pressure off your quarterback. And then defensively, they get after. And now the secondary, think about the secondary. So Tariq Woolen, who I've been talking about, that's who I say of Marion Walker, is a modeling himself after. 6'4", 200 pounds, ran a 4'3'7 out of, out of UTSA. You come and you got Quandre Diggs, former Lions captain, playing safety over there. You go on the other side and, Vance, what was I telling you about Devin Witherspoon last year? Ooh. Did I say he was a ball player? He looked outstanding last night. It was a wild fact. He balled out. He balled out. Yeah, he did, man. So they they have some weapons over there in Seattle. And your man, Clint Hurt, is putting them all to use. And you know who could be putting those weapons to use with Clint Hurt? Vance Beffer. Vance Beffer could be with Seattle right now. Instead, he's with us. I appreciate you, Vance. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys and the Michigan fans. And for all you Michigan fans that hit me up on Twitter, I tried to hit you back. Now, if I didn't know you were from Michigan, I didn't follow you back. So if you want me to follow you, you better make sure it's somehow something that says Michigan on there. Otherwise than that, I don't follow you. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's a bunch of crazies out there. What about the Texas fans that want you to follow them, man? Oh, I'll follow them back. I mean, you know, it's, it's, still my, it's still my school. I love my school. always will. I'm pulling for them. They play OU this particular week. They're going to be OU. They're going to put the brakes off of them. I'm sorry. OU sucks. Sorry. That's just how we said it. To OU just flat. Sucks. <laughs> How's uh I haven't seen him a lot. How's um Andre, Andre Anthony, the receiver from Michigan that went down there? I think he I think he wears number one for OU. Have you watched him enough to kind of see I how he's seen, I haven't seen OU play at all. I mean they they scoring a lot of points. Defense is still struggling. They had a tough game this past weekend. They haven't played anybody. So now they're gonna play Texas. Texas playing really good defense and the quarterback's playing better. So I told somebody Texas is going to probably beat them 31 to 10. Are they offense better than, okay, 31 to 12? What's the difference? I mean, two more points. People just, they'd be tripping. Oh, use offense better than that. They stink. Okay. <laughs> I give them 12 points. I give them two more points. So we good. All right. So Nala wants to put you on the spot on the way out. Texas versus Michigan, Vance. Who you choosing? I'm not. How <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Hey, whoever wins, I want to. I'm good to go. I always remember this, you know, no matter where you are, you, that's my school. I, I went to school there. I always pulled for them. When they played a couple years ago, I was hurt because my boy Soup was on, you know, me and Soup were really tight, Soup Campbell. And uh, like I said, you know what, whatever happens, I'm pulling for both teams. I love them all. So it's a win-win for me and a lose-lose at the same time. All right. Well, hey, it's always a win-win. We got Vance Befford on the film study and on the breakdown. And he is, I got to tell you, on point when it comes to the analysis. I appreciate the diehards coming in. i tell you again, Vance, you know, people love offense. They want to talk <laughs> offense all the time. You're a diehard if you come here to learn about the defense. So we appreciate all of you. Antoine, Tobias, Nala, Haji, 
I mean, you go down the line. Jay Marion, Brian Block, Account 22, Sly 142. I mean, the, the diehards come to watch defense. John Schultz, shouting to all you guys out. Tyler W., uh, the folks who come here at James. I mean, it, it's just Kwame. Too. Kwame is back in the building. Kwame loves him some Vance Bedford. I see him repping you on Twitter. He's always talking you up, man. So got to give the people love who show us love. We appreciate y'all. Until the next time, we'll be back, what, next Wednesday, next Tuesday, same time. Don't forget the film studies go up on Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evenings after we do Steady Dropping Dimes with Devin Gardner and Daniel Horton. That's tomorrow from 3 until 4. We're still trying to find out your favorite watering holes, your favorite places to get a drink in Ann Arbor because we're going to all come together, maybe around a Lions game. Who knows? And we need to figure out where we're going to do that. So if you have a favorite spot in Ann Arbor where you used to get a drink or you still get a drink, let us know. Drop it in the comment section. You ever have a favorite spot to get a drink when you were in town, Vance, back in the day? No, back in the day, I didn't didn't go out very much. I mean, I went to work and went home. (laughs) We worked them hours, so when I had time off, I went home. I hear that, man. I hear that. Well, folks, speaking of going home, it's about that time. We'll see you next week on another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the defense with Vance Beffer. Go Blue. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.